This podcast is sponsored by ebookit.com, self-publishing solutions for the independent author and small press. Visit us today at ebookit.com. Welcome to the Toastmasters podcast, the official podcast of Toastmasters International. Hello, everybody. This is Greg Gazin. Now, folks, when someone you love says you can't do something, you can take it at face value and accept it, or you can look at it as a challenge. And our guest today has taken the latter road. Diana Robertson is an award-winning speaker, communication skills trainer, TEDx speaker, and coach, and founder of Skills Me Academy, one of UK's top virtual schools for developing soft skills. Having been a shy and quiet introvert herself, she has devoted her life to helping people unleash their potential with the power of communication skills. Diana has been a Toastmaster since 2016 when she joined World Surfers Toastmasters in Moscow, Russia. Since then, she's taken on a number of leadership roles, including PR manager for the clubs in Russia and the director for District 91's first virtual conference in 2020. She's also competed in numerous contests, which include reaching the finals in the District 91 humorous competition in 2021 and placing second in her division in the international speech contest in that same year. And Diana is currently a member of Riverside Communicators in London, England. Diana is also featured in the February 2023 issue of the Toastmaster magazine Member Moment, entitled A Daughter Defies Expectations, Leadership Lessons Help UK Member Prosper by Paul Sturman. Speaking to us from London, England, Diana Robertson, welcome to the Toastmasters podcast. Hi, Greg. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Now, Diana, I'm sure listeners are intrigued by the title, the main title, Daughter Defies Expectations. So let's just kick it right off with your father is an entrepreneur, as it says in the article. You wanted to follow in his footsteps. You told him so, and you were crushed by his response. Tell us a little bit about what happened. Sure, sure. So you see, Greg, uh, I love my father dearly, by the way, just so to be clear, anything I say today, it's um, despite any potential disagreements with him, I still love him dearly. And he taught me so much and he helped me become the person I am today, just to be clear. Uh, But uh, yeah, what happened is that uh, since a young age, I have been hearing him say, the only way to succeed in life is to become a business owner. That's <laughs> all he said all the time, because that's the route that he chose. And that's the route he succeeded in. And every single time I would hear him say, oh, Diana, never work for other people. Never work for other people. Uh, it's not as great as just working for yourself. Having he been hearing that since a young age, I established in my mind a clear connection between entrepreneurship and success. And all I could think of is that one day I will also become an entrepreneur. One day uh, I came to my dad saying that, uh, dad, I think I'm ready. I would like to uh, open up a business. That was when I was in my teenage years. And I heard the reply I could not expect. Oh, darling, I don't think it's for you. I was like, what do you mean? But that's that's what you said all the time. You said the best thing in life is to create your own business and to work for yourself. Yeah, I said that, but that doesn't apply to everyone. I'm like, what do you mean? 
then sorry, but you just don't have the personality for it. You're too quiet. You're too shy. Uh, a business person needs to be tough, needs to be uh, great at com communication, needs to have charisma. And uh, I'm sorry, these are all skills you don't have. So why don't you uh, find something else? Or no, I know, I have a great idea for you. I have a great business proposition. Why don't you go out there and find a rich husband? That would be the best return on investment ever. Can you imagine, Greg, um, hearing that? It was so, so painful. I mean, both the marriage aspect, because I took it as uh, you know, him wishing me to find an easy route in life, but rather I took it as uh, you know, him telling me that I can't do a thing without, uh, I don't know, a husband potentially helping me out. And also just hearing all those things about my communication and shyness. And, but worst of all, I knew that he was right in that says, in sense. I was a very quiet, very shy person. I was very soft. I'm still quite soft. Uh, and definitely you could not describe me as tough. Not at all. So because he was right in all these things, I believed him. Well, I started considering other routes because I thought, well, if a person who knows what he's talking about, and he should have been since he was successful in, in, at entrepreneurship, well, if he says that, then he must be right. <laughs> It's interesting because if someone had said that to me, the first thing that would have gone through my mind is, why didn't you tell me that sooner? So <laughs> I'm curious. It's obviously you're passionate about this. You remember it vividly. Can you recall maybe what was going through your head when you were listening to these words from your, from your father? A surprise, first of all, because, I mean, well, he's been saying otherwise all his life and then suddenly... Oh, this doesn't apply to me. Uh, and a huge disappointment, I suppose, in myself for not having those skills he was talking about and not being suited to become a leader. Well, at least that's what I thought uh, was going on. So that was that was very painful, Greg. I can imagine. Ryan is also asking me this particular question. And we're both curious, what does your father think of you now, now that you've launched your business and you're successful in it? I'm sure that he's proud, but he's not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess some dads are like that. <laughs> so obviously you needed some skills building. Toastmasters came into the picture out of curiosity. How did you find Toastmasters or did it seek you out? What was the catalyst there? I think... That at a certain age, I just realized that, uh, well, all of these things that my dad said were true, but um, especially in terms of communication skills, but not only in business, but in general, uh, I realized that um, I'm not very outspoken. I'm not very persuasive. I'm quite, I'm very quiet. Uh, well, I was very quiet. <laughs> it seems hard to believe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I hear it all the time now. I started facing struggles uh, when it came to different aspects of life. So, for example, even when I was looking for an internship, I realized that uh, I could not pass the interview stage at all. No matter what I did, I would pass through pretty much every single stage of the recruitment, but then I would never pass that interview stage. 
Um, so that was kind of a red flag for me that something is going terribly wrong because how come I'm not getting a single internship when I'm the top of my class or nearly I was in 10%, top 10% of my class. I mean, that, that shouldn't be the case. Right. Um, something is going really, really wrong. And then uh, also there was another awakening situation also at my university when I was asked to present a five minutes um, presentation about financial fraud. So I was doing investment and financial risk management for my bachelor's. Interestingly, the task was to create that five minute presentation and the presentation uh, was not assessed on how well my public speaking skills are. It was only assessed on the knowledge and the information that I put into those five minutes. So I could literally be reading from a paper and that would be fine. I remember I thought, well, it must be so easy. I, I, I literally I brought a paper to read from just in case, even though I memorized the entire speech. But I remember getting on that stand and seeing 200 pairs of eyes look at me. And I realized that, oh, my God, the words are not escaping my mouth. And my hands started to shake. My face went bright red. My knees started shaking. I never knew knees could shake, Greg, but they should. <laughs> it was absolutely terrible because um, I ended up just reading the entire time from the script and I was just feeling so, so embarrassed. I couldn't even raise my eyes and look at the audience, not even once. These different situations in life, they, they were these red flags to me that something is not going right. But the thing is, I had no idea what to do about it because I didn't see anybody teach these skills, not at school, not at university. Um, so I just started Googling the various things out there I could, I could learn. And one of the things that popped up was public speaking. So then again, I searched again for public speaking and a bunch of courses popped up and uh, Toastmasters Club popped up. When I was searching for that, I was in Russia at the time. So this is where I'm originally from. And uh, well, I decided to join both. I decided to join a course and a Toastmasters club. Wow. I first joined a course. Uh, I remember that they gave me all these tools for public speaking. But after six sessions, I was no different. I still couldn't give a speech in front of people because I might know all the tools, but I was not able to present because I was terrified of speaking in public. And then I joined the Toastmasters Club and I was fascinated by the approach because there they didn't give me the tools, but instead they just said, well, they, they asked me to come up to the stage and they asked me to speak. That was absolutely terrifying. I still remember my icebreaker uh, where I spent most of the time just looking at the slides because I just couldn't. I just couldn't look at people at all. And I remember that being the number one advice uh, during the feedback that please look at people, not at your slides. But at that stage, I was just not ready. I was terrified. But uh, speech after speech, I realized that... Uh, Actually, being exposed to public speaking more often uh, made me over slowly overcome that fear of being in front of people. And one speech after another, uh, I started seeing results like my hands stopped shaking, my face stopped turning into a bright tomato color. 
Um, and uh, finally, I could look at people without looking at my script, without looking at the slides. And that was amazing. That was so liberating. So the feedback was definitely important. I I watched your TEDx Youth event that you did in London in late 2022. I watched it on I watched it online. It was called How to Learn Communication Skills. I really appreciated the fact that you had this visual. You had a, a purse slung over your shoulder, and I was kind of wondering why you had your purse with you. But then during the presentation, it was a great visual. You took the little feedback slips that we have in the Toastmasters at our Toastmasters meeting. And you started reading them and you started sharing them with the audience. I thought that was actually very powerful. And interestingly enough, Ryan actually has this question for you. And he basically asks, Toastmasters often crave constructive feedback, which is so true. So we we can figure out how to improve. And in recent years, he's come to deeply appreciate the value of positive feedback. So what he's wondering is, as you receive positive reflections of your strengths and qualities as a speaker from different people, you begin to believe them. And I'm just curious, what role has the positive feedback played for you in boosting your confidence and shaping your identity as a speaker? Oh, it was enormous, Greg. It was the absolute must in my case. I mean, without positive feedback and support, from Toastmasters and Toastmasters members, there is no way I would be in life where I am today. And that applies to both communication skills and leadership skills. Because as uh, I'm just referring back to my dad's comment, there there was zero support, right? Um, But then suddenly when um, I started taking various leadership roles at Toastmasters, I was getting the exact opposite. So in my head, I had this voice saying, oh, I'm not suited to be a leader. And then what I hear from people is always other way around. Oh, you did an amazing thing here. Oh, well done for this. Oh, you did this thing great. You hear those things. You hear this positive reinforcements and you start believing in them. And then you start being that way. You know, you you, you start, it's kind of fake it till you make it in a sense. But then once you start <laughs> believing in yourself and what other people say, even if it's not totally 100% true, I mean, uh, well, you know how Toastmasters sometimes exaggerate with feedback, but in a good way. <laughs> but yeah, you start believing that and then you start being that person. And that's exactly what happened with me. And that's how I learned to take responsibility for the first for a small team, then for uh, several clubs, then, uh, well, later on, organizing conferences with hundreds of attendees. But that all was thanks to that positive feedback and reinforcement. If not that, and if not also belief of certain uh, members of the community in my abilities, so normally it's people either from the district or from the area who would give me those extra opportunities that I was I didn't feel ready for, but they thought I was. And because they believed in that and gave me that opportunity, that's how I learned. Whereas in real life, well, not, not real life, but outside of Toastmasters, that might have never happened because people don't just suddenly select the person, oh, here you go. I trust you with a large opportunity, uh, large responsibility, something you've never done in the past. That doesn't always happen. But in Toastmasters, it happens all the time. And that's what helps you succeed and that boosts that confidence and builds those skills. Well, what the Toastmasters experience is like in London compared to Russia? Sure. It's actually, it's, it's an interesting question to ask. Yeah. So uh, the difference between 
Russian clubs and UK clubs, it's, it's not just clubs, it's uh, the whole environment. So until very recently, Russia was not districted. Um, so and because of that, the clubs had to come together to form uh, an entity, let's say, and to form um, something to be able to deliver better results and to be connected. Clubs in Russia created this unofficial district for Russia, which is not a district as such, but it was a way to unite the clubs. And that's how um, uh, they managed to create different conferences, unofficial again, but also competitions, were, which were also unofficial because, well, you can only do that officially through district what happened there is that you could really feel this entrepreneurial spirit because it's a small community. Uh, it's several clubs coming together. It's, well, a, a whole uh, membership base back then was, I don't know, about 100 maybe in Moscow and St. Petersburg, uh, maybe a bit more. The point is that it was a very close community. And um, because of that, uh, uh, and because there was no structure that came from the district, it became very entrepreneurial and there were new things happening all the time. For example, I remember there was a jazz event where we combined tall tales contest with jazz. It was, it was really fun. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I love I love the Russian community. Now, in the UK, I love the UK community as well. But you could really feel as if you compare a startup to a corporate. You could feel that. You could feel the extra uh, numbers of meetings for the leadership team. You could feel that all the decisions had to be taken, not just by one person, by several people. And you had to check with the decisions with the person above you and the person above them. So you could feel the corporate feel versus the startup feel, I would say, Russia versus UK. That's a great analogy and spoken like a true entrepreneur comparing a startup <laughs> to corporate. That's just phenomenal. I was originally thinking you started practicing and, until you got to the real thing, but either way, that's, that's phenomenal. I'm curious about something you said in the article, Diana. In the article, and I'll quote here, it says, I realize there are some qualities in leaders that are way more important than, I don't know, being tough. Mm -hmm. What was it that brought you to that conclusion? And can you perhaps share one or two of those particular qualities? Uh, sure. So uh, you see, Greg, despite being trusted with bigger and bigger responsibilities, so uh, as mentioned, who was first leading a club for a year, then leading the PR for Russia, then uh, being a conference director in Russia first, uh, and then helping with other conferences and events uh, in Russia, and then moving to UK to the conference director or conference chair for D91. Throughout this process, um, I was still, of course, every now and then doubting myself. So what I did is I would always, um, after any role, after completing it, I would be asking for feedback, for anonymous feedback from my team members. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I would ask things like, what are the things that you liked about my leadership style? What are the things that I could improve? I could start seeing a pattern there of the qualities that they mentioned that they liked in me. And uh, toughness was not one of them because <laughs> I don't associate myself with that at all. Uh, but then um, there were things like empathy. There were things like mentoring. There, was, there were things like uh, support believing in um, in members and trusting them with responsibility. So not micromanaging, in other words. 
Um, so qualities like that, and they, they were repeated every now and then. And now, uh, when I look at those qualities, I actually understand it perfectly. I mean, if you, if you think, Greg, of uh, any a good manager that you ever had, maybe, or maybe a great leader that you had to deal with, um, you'd also maybe not necessarily think of toughness as a number one quality that they need, but maybe you'll think the qualities that you liked on them would be more kind of these soft skills, nice humane skills, again, like empathy, uh, supporting, mentoring, things like that. So um, that's what I discovered. That's great, because so often we focus on the feedback with respect to the communication side of things and probably not enough on the leadership side. So that's great of you for being able to ask that. Of course, in the in, in Pathways, we're seeing that a lot more, more aspects looking at leadership. But again, looking for feedback and leadership, I think is actually great. Wow, we have covered so much material. Our, our time is slowly coming to an end. I, I want to hear more, but I guess for now, <laughs> your venture, the Skills Me Academy, can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, sure. So Skills Me is a virtual school for developing communication skills. We're one of the top virtual schools for that in the UK. And what we do is that we teach different soft skills and different communication skills, but which are complementary to the Toastmasters curriculum. So we're not competitors. We are more, we add extra things that are not covered by pathways. And uh, what we do all the time is hold free workshops where uh, we discuss various communication skills like uh, a storytelling, confidence, charisma, things like that, leadership. And if you're interested, feel free to check out skillsme.co.uk where you will find all the various workshops we have, which are absolutely free. Uh, so that's how you could find us. And we'll certainly add that into the show notes. Thank you so much, Greg. Now, if someone wanted to reach you directly, is this the best route or is there a better way to go? If you, if somebody wants to reach me directly, so not through the company, then the best way would be to find me on LinkedIn. If you type in Diana Robertson skills me, I will be the only one who, who should pop up. And if you just connect with me or, uh, and when you connect, just write a message, what's it regarding, just so I know, uh, then I'll be, I'll happily connect with you and we just can discuss anything you want. Yeah, that sounds great. Because I know a number of people would be interested in reviewing or viewing the your TEDx youth event that you did in 2022. Because even though it was directed at youth, I found that video very powerful. And it also reminded me a lot about what I went through trying to build my communication and my leadership skills. Oh, thank you so much. And, you know, uh, just so you know, a disclaimer. So this, uh, the example I used TEDx was, of course, a Toastmasters club, but I could not mention the Toastmasters uh, um, brand just because I was warned not to mention any brands. But anybody who watches this will understand that I'm talking about Toastmasters clubs there. <laughs> I was kind of wondering about that. I didn't specifically hear the word Toastmasters. Oh. Well, Diana, this has been just absolutely fantastic. I, I certainly gained, I certainly learned a lot about this. And folks, if you found this episode valuable, please share it with your friends and family and fellow Toastmasters. You can find the Toastmasters podcast at toastmasterspodcast.com, toastmasters.org, Google, Apple, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. And don't forget to read the article the February 2023 issue of the Toastmaster magazine. It's the member moment written by Paul Sturman. 
entitled A Daughter Defies Expectations, Leadership Lessons Help UK Member Prosper. Diana Robertson, it's been an absolute pleasure. Spasiba. <laughs> Thank you so much, Greg, and thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Isn't it about time you publish that book you've been thinking about? We can help with that. At ebookit.com, we've been providing authors and small presses with ebook publishing services since 2010. Visit us today at ebookit.com and let us know how we can help you.